For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back, everybody, to CHN Radio, episode 156. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. We are in a Thanksgiving week in America and a lockdown week in England, because y'all don't really do Thanksgiving. However, in England, you do have Sunday dinners, and which is essentially an American Thanksgiving um, but Sunday dinners at the pub is, is pretty nice too. So y'all get that every week. But sometimes mm. turkey gets well, turkey definitely gets old, not just sometimes. But anyway, this isn't a food podcast. We're here to talk about Newcastle United. And when you talk about Newcastle United, you cannot do it by yourself. You have to bring in the best damn co-host in the land. And that's Elijah Newsom. How are you? We out here in these streets, you already know. Um, this is a positive episode. We're going to be talking about some good stuff, good vibes only. That's that's the vibes you already know. Um, Greg, I think what's more important is how are you doing? Greg is training for a marathon, and not I would never do that. So, um, you know. So wait, b- real quick before because I think this is something that's been on the minds of many people. If you've listened to this podcast in the past, like four or five months you're like why is elijah the only one that sounds like he's actually been having a beer or two or three or like a glass of whiskey or two it's because greg's been training for a marathon so we need this marathon to hurry up and happen so that i will not be the only person drinking on this podcast yeah well you don't have to wait much longer because it's happening in uh 10 days nine days no 11 days it's happening next saturday not this coming saturday but the following okay so um it's it's not going to go well, but you just got to finish it. I have an injury, and uh, it's going to really suck running through it. But you know, we just got to get out there and get after it. You just got to finish. Yeah, that's, the that's big it. Thing. That's it. It. Uh, we ran 18 miles this past weekend, and it did not feel good. But uh, I could barely walk right now, so we'll see how the marathon goes in. None of that sounds good. Would you be upset that you couldn't run the marathon because like, would you be more upset if you couldn't run the marathon because you like were injured or would you be more upset that you didn't finish because you got injured? Mm. Um, The second one doesn't even factor into my mind because I, if I have to crawl, then we're going to do it. Okay. It's interesting. I had a buddy who he did an Ironman and Greg knows the story, but he did an Ironman and he like basically got to like, he had like three miles left and he just like his body just gave up. And I feel like that's just infinitely worse. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's just worse than like, like not doing it at all. Like if you're not doing 
like, yeah, what if? But like, if you know your body like wasn't gonna be able to handle it, it's like, damn, I I wouldn't have finished. But like, if you get there and it's like you're physically unable to continue, it's like, I don't know, does that that sucks? Yeah, no, it totally is. You just have to just have to keep going. So we're just working on pain management now. That's the biggest thing. I also have this creepy mustache. Nice. You're gonna look great just crawling behind women at this marathon with your creepy mustache. That's that's gonna go over real well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be fun. Uh, let's talk about Newcastle. Okay, if you want. No, I mean, I mean, we could talk about marathons. I don't, <laughs> I don't really have a preference. And whiskey. This can just now be a marathon or whiskey podcast, but whiskey. Yes. Yeah. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to shout out, uh, say a happy birthday to Nabil Bentaleb, Newcastle legend. Um, really happy he was born today. Uh, so happy birthday to you, Nabil. He was born in 1994 in Lyon. That's, that's all I have. Okay. Uh, let's talk about- He was born in Lyon? Lyon. Oh, okay. Lyon, Lyon. Lyon. Um, Leon for Americans. Lyon. Lyon for Americans. Um, (laughs) So we'll, we'll start the things off by talking about the crowd situation because that's probably the biggest news from this week is Newcastle could get some sort of home field advantage back. So it was on Monday afternoon, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, confirmed that current thinking was allowed to allow a limited return of spectators to outdoor sports events following the end of lockdown. So the proposed levels from December 2nd, uh, with, when areas returned to it, like a tiered approach, is as follows. Uh, so tier one, and this t- the tiers align to like how affected you are with COVID. So tier one is allowing 4,000 fans. Tier two ar- allows 2,000 fans. And tier three allows zero. However, that look does not look great for Newcastle because uh, it looks like Newcastle will remain in tier three um, for, for the foreseeable future. And for any of those clubs where they'll fall into tier one or two, they can then admit limited numbers of fans. Um, But it would be interesting to see how that all plays out because some clubs will inevitably get a better advantage than others. So, and I don't even know if Newcastle like (laughs) want their fans. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like Chris Waff brought it up in his article, which of course, if you're new here, we, we read the athletic we're yeah. we we know chris woff is i would say chris woff is a friend of the program oh yeah um friend of chn radio like the whole network honestly uh and he wrote about that or it's like i mean i don't know if you really want fans there because like most certainly they would have booed a ton of different passages uh in that chelsea match yeah. <laughs> like a ton Absolutely. i actually that 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 the video of uh of nuke of when Miggy Preston won that throw like in the final third of Chelsea and then it being recycled all the way back to Darlow just came up on my Twitter. So I had to give it a watch before the uh before we started recording. And it was just like, geez, this team, man. Wow. Like th- if that had happened when St. James was full, like <sighs> that would be crazy. Also, someone else brought this up, like this is unrelated. Um, they brought this up where they were talking about like the death, the COVID deaths in the UK, and it's essentially the capacity of St. James Park. So they were like, oh, I wish football was back, but it's it's weird when you, like, it's a different perspective when you consider, like, imagine an entire 
uh, Matt's stay at Newcastle. St. James is booming and everyone is like dead. That's how many people have died in the UK through COVID. Yeah, that took a dark turn. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have to. We'd have to go that dark on them. But uh, yeah, if it was in the US, it'd be a lot of St. James's parks. Um, (laughs) It'd be Disney World. Oh, man. Uh, Is there anything else you want to say on this? Do you think it would be so then you're saying you're in the camp that it would be a negative that fans return? Oh, 100%. I think yeah. that, like, I mean, I wouldn't even say players like Joe Linton because I think at this point, honestly, Joe Linton, I think, has been serviceable this season. I don't think he's been – I definitely don't think he's been as bad as he was last season. Yeah. But I think it's just, like, when you get into, like, players like uh, maybe Sean Longstaff or whoever's in the like – Jeff Hendrick, for, for sure. Uh, maybe Jamal Lewis. Players who, like, are particularly used to how hostile Newcastle fans can be. Uh, I think that's where it starts getting in their heads. Um, and I think that, like, ultimately Newcastle are worse when fans are doing things like egging them to shoot from 35 yards out. Um, I think they're as bad as it seems. They're better in this COVID environment. And the results have proven that. Newcastle have significantly been a better team behind closed doors. Like, say what you want. The numbers speak for themselves than they were in person. Um, and I do think at times, yes, it does help. Um, especially when you've got the the lads supporting you. But if you remember last season under Steve Bruce, the support from the Newcastle fans was was either non-existent or negative. So um, I don't know if you're really getting an advantage. Uh, the last time St. James was booming was when Rafa was there. So um, once he he went and took war flags with him and took a lot of supporters with him, kind of per se, uh, St. James has really not been the fortress uh, that it that it was. We actually weren't that great at home last season at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're just gonna we'll see how it plays out. But you know, December second is literally right around the corner. I think we we only have one match before that, right? It's just this weekend, and yeah, and then literally December first is Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's we're gonna see very soon uh, if fans will be back. But and then we then we start the a pretty critical part in our schedule where. Like everyone knows December and January, there's no international break. So they cram a lot of matches together and it's going to be very interesting because some, some teams will inevitably have an advantage. Some won't depending on the situations for each of them. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, like being an American and us already pushing the boundary with this with like 10,000 fans (laughs) at uh, like Florida state or Texas A&M, it doesn't really feel like that much of an advantage because like you're cheering, but it, it feels almost the same volume as like, if you pumped in crowd noise, like the Falcons have had fans for the past month and it has not made that big of a difference in the results because the crowd noise that they pump in is ultimately sort of louder than the fans are going to be in attendance. Yeah. However, and that's it's like there's... For every game for them. Yeah, fair. That's fair. <laughs> but also, like, you have to consider, like, when you have 4,000 fans, how many of those are going to be singing fans? Like, you know how matches are. You've got your fans who sing. You've got your fans who go there with their family and they spectate. So it's like, say there's 4,000. It's like, yeah, maybe we'll have 1,000 people singing. But is 1,000 people singing really going to get in your head? Is that really an advantage? And I guess we'll see. So I personally don't there, think things a, will change. There's it's going to be hard of, to gauge. There's a lot of athletes that actually said, well – They've said that there's been a huge difference. Even even like a few thousand fans in American football matches, uh, like a couple of players said, there's an incredible difference once there's fans there. Once you like make that first catch 
and you hear the fans start cheering, like it's it's really a boost in the kind of like, oh crap, like we got people here now. Um, so it was a lot more. And then um, I know for uh, people that are familiar with the city of Philadelphia, uh, a few players have been quoted that you can hear some of the things they're saying a lot clearer now. Um, <laughs> I do so, think that, yeah, I agree with that. But so, again, is that an advantage? Like for, for certain teams, like I feel oh, like right if, now, I'm if, pretty sure the Eagles don't wish they didn't have any fans and they, no, exactly, they won't, like, they stopped you know. it. No, no more Eagles fans are, are allowed back. <laughs> they heard like, some of the things that were saying. And they're, they're like, literally oh, there's no more fans at, at Eagles games. It's hilarious. <laughs> They were just like, yeah, we're, we're going to push this one back. Um, but anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm not sold. I'm just not sold. I think that – I think obviously it's a difference because you're going from zero to one. I think there's a difference. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to, like, make it a home field advantage. Like, are we going to – especially – it's going to be so hard to tell this season. It's been so weird where it's like, yeah, say Man United lose to Brighton when Brighton has fans there. But, like, Man United this season could have lost to Brighton last week. Like that, it's just it's been that season for Man United. It's been that kind of season for the Premier League. So it'll be interesting to see like what happens. Um, I'm I wouldn't say I'm excited for it. I think I'm excited for it whenever Newcastle gets fans back because I think Steve Bruce. I I need him to hear the frustrations of the fan base because I think he avoids it. And obviously, it's always hard to avoid criticism. But I think he he he's been avoiding the criticism completely because he kind of shrugs off any reporters who ask about his tactics. He kind of shrugs off uh, anything like that, and it doesn't seem like he's really like getting any slack from fans because he's not really on social media. I'm sure he knows about it, but like to hear it said is one thing. It's completely like rather than just hearing from a friend that people are saying this is about about you. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all of our news. <laughs> uh, so we're going to take a break and we're going to preview Crystal Palace. And then on the backside of that, we're going to do some odds and ends, BS meter, all the fun stuff. So uh, stay with us and we'll be back right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we have Newcastle United, Crystal Palace. It's going down. It's on Friday. And it's Roy Hobson and the Eagles come in. 8 o'clock kickoff in England, which means it's a 2 o'clock kickoff on the East Coast and an 11 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast of the United States. Uh, you can watch this game on Amazon Prime. If you want, uh, if you don't have Amazon Prime, get your 30 day free trial right now. Tip. Wait, is it on Amazon Prime in the US or just the UK? Oh, because I feel like I remember, I'm That's pretty sure Amazon point. Prime does that only I, in the UK. That was very naive of me to think it's Amazon Prime is the same. Hey, if you're, hey, if you're in the US, it's on the cock. So uh, get your on the free trial of the cock. Yeah. Or, Honestly, like with Peacock, that's one of those where like oh, it's maybe on, no, it's pay- it's on NBC Sports. it's on oh, it's on okay. national TV. It's on NBC Sports, which means it's also going to be on the cock. So yeah, um, yeah, it's the only it's the only Premier League match on Friday. Good. Oh, it, oh, this is is at twelve. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the match, um, Elijah. Well, we'll start with injuries. Is there um, – oh, yeah. 
Wilfred Zaha is not playing. He's self-isolated. Yes, that, that was that was a big one um, that we I talked about with Greg before, and that was kind of breaking news that honestly broke the, today. So that's yeah. a big one. Um, yeah, uh, for Newcastle, um, Callum Wilson's still kind of undecided in terms of like what he's going to do. I would imagine it's still kind of doubtful day to day. I mean, it's a p- pretty quick turnaround. Don't want to play him if you don't have to, um, but Newcastle might have to. Uh, Dwight Gale obviously still out. Jamal LaSalle's probably will not be playing, um, as we kind of already saw. Uh, Martin Dubrovka still out, obviously. Matt Ritchie. Um, could potentially return. John Joe Shelby could potentially return. Paul Dummett and Ryan Fraser probably going to be doubtful. Um, Luka Mihailovic for uh, from for Crystal Palace. He's uh, he's out on uh, red red card suspension. Um, James Tompkins he's injured. Connor Wickham's injured. Um, Nathan Ferguson's injured, and Wayne Hennessy, their number one, he is injured as well. And Wolf, of course, just mentioned, won't be making an appearance. So, um, a winnable match for Newcastle. Um, this is one of those where you walk away from a win, uh, walk away from this with a draw or a loss. There's going to be a ton of complaining on on Twitter. Maybe not not much with the draw, um, but these are points you have to pick up. This this holiday stretch is vital for Newcastle, and Greg kind of alluded to it. Obviously, there's the uh, the fixtures that like the in terms of just being condensed schedule and rotating and things like that. There's, there's obviously that, but for Newcastle, they're playing a lot of mid table teams uh, in, in during this holiday stretch. Um, they finish it off with Leicester, Liverpool and Man City. But before that they play Fulham Leeds, West Brom, Aston Villa and Crystal Palace. So like they really do need to pick up as many points as they can uh, and hopefully get to that, you know, maybe 20 point, 25 point mark going into Man City, Liverpool, and Leicester. And then you follow it up with Sheffield, Arsenal, and then Leeds again. So, still, after even after that, going into January, some winnable matches there. So, it's an important stretch that this match kicks off. And dare I say it, this could be the determining kind of run for Steve Bruce's future uh, so far with Newcastle. And we're down to the 15th. If they lose the majority of these matches, like we're in the relegation zone and Ashley and co might have to consider looking elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so what are we, how are we going to line up? It's a great question. <laughs> I do uh, think that, that, that five, four, one is going to still, I think that's going to be, gonna be the one. I mean, it, it, it's really hard to tell. Um, this is one of those things where you kind of are grateful for Steve Bruce uh, because he's going to probably try to stick with it. The five three one one didn't really work. The five four one didn't work. But Steve Bruce thought it worked in the second half. So that's the that's the the Steve Bruce boost. Uh, so because it worked in the second half, it's going to work this next match. And I actually I side with him on this. I think that the five four one is the better formation. Um, and I think we'll see a similar lineup. I do think that Jodrell Shelby will come back into the team. Do I think he should is a different question. Um, I don't, I, the answer is no. Um, but uh, it'll probably be Isaac Hayden and John Joe in the middle of the pitch with Miguel Amaron and Alan St. Maxman out wide. I would imagine Joel Linton up top, but I think we will see Callum Wilson come on as a sub if needed. If Newcastle are tied or down in the second half um, by one goal or less in terms of being down or even by two goals, I think we see Callum Wilson come on 
to kind of play hero ball. You know, he can get into those spaces, create some chances, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the back line probably going to remain unchanged um, from what how we saw it end uh, this past weekend. Um, I don't know about Javi Mankio. Maybe he he start. I don't, he didn't really have a great game. He didn't have a bad game. I mean, I think we all said everyone was pretty bad outside of two players uh, last match. So I don't know if he's going to end up starting at that right wing back spot. I would imagine Jacob Murphy is going to hold that down because Miguel Amaron's back in the folds. Um, but I think it's going to be Cher, Clark, and Fernandez uh, with uh, Jamal Lewis on that left-hand side. And, of course, Carl Darlow in net. Um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to roll with. Yeah. I was just looking up some formations, and our best formation in goals per 90 is a 4-1-4-1. But there's an issue because we scored one goal in 96 minutes, and that's why it's our best. But we also uh, gave up four goals in those 96 minutes. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean, but you're 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 on to something though. I could see Newcastle going back to that four one four one. I just I'm very curious to see how they how they would play in the middle of the pitch. Like I don't like are they going to start Isaac Hayden and John Joe Shelby and Sean Longstaff? Or I could also see them. Fun fact: big sigh, We have not Jeff Hendrick in a traditional five four one. We have not scored a goal this season. Okay, but I mean, we did last Five, season with with worse attacking players. So I mean, yeah. like it's it's one of those like the five three two though, which we switched to last week. Uh, that we have three goals from that this season. So, um, so I mean, five, how many of those pressed, were penalties? Uh, yeah. Now, now I have to click more stuff. So I'm not I mean, no, no. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like part of that we've, we've had way more penalty goals this season. We have any any other season. <laughs> Yeah. Um, expected goals. Uh, five four one is a point five four expected goals, and then a three point oh three in the five three two. So five three two we're way better in. So five four one pressing is essentially a five three two. So uh, which they could still align to a five four one and just like we did against Chelsea, move Saint Maximin and Murphy up the pitch more. So yeah, I mean we'll see. All right, let's move on. What's next? What does Newcastle have to do to win? Yeah, so this is this is interesting. Um, honestly, uh, what's really been weird for Crystal Palace is that, I mean, I wouldn't say unsurprisingly, but when you play these mid-table sides, there's a clear difference, or I would say basically 10 and below sides. There's a clear difference in kind of Crystal Palace's results. Teams that tend to sit back, your Burnleys, they've struggled against in terms of creating goal-scoring opportunities. And teams that like to get at you, like the Leeds, and really press you high up the pitch, they actually have thrived with. Um, Fulham is another team that hasn't really sat back this much this season. To be fair, Fulham's defensive identity has been all over the place, but they also beat Fulham 2-1. Two, two to one. But those those mid-table teams that kind of sat back and tried to force Crystal Palace to create chances on their own, they haven't really fared well against. So ironically, that's what Newcastle should do, even though – a lot of people are going to go like, oh, we need to be having a go at these these guys. Honestly, like you can do a little bit of both. I would say not not play a line that's too high up the pitch, which not an issue with Newcastle ever, uh, and kind of be able to defend well and hit them on the counter. I mean, it's it could it should result in two goals for Newcastle, or at least the opportunity to create two goals for Newcastle at a minimum if they do that, because the Crystal Palace defense isn't the best, and of course Wayne Hennessy is not playing. Uh, and he's their, their normal number one. 
Yeah, uh, Wayne Hennessy being out is an advantage. Zaha being out, definitely an advantage. So, uh, Elijah, what? Hey, they've got is... Jack Butlin in goal, too. So, I mean, he's solid. But, again, I would say Jack Butlin isn't as good as Freddie Woodman. But I'm also biased. So, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Newcastle Jack... can score some goals. Is Jack Butlin better than Carl Darlow? No. Jack Butlin, Jack Butlin is a it was a solid championship goalkeeper. Not even a good one, a solid championship goalkeeper, and was an emergency panic buy due to an injury. So like he's serviceable, but Carl Darlow is better. Like if you if you gave Crystal Palace the option of Carl Darlow or Jack Butlin to take Carl Darlow 90 times <laughs> out of 10. Um, the best player, the best rated player this season for Crystal Palace, according to who scored, is Andres Townsend. So um, he's 7.19 average rating. Second is Wilfred Zaha, who will be out. Of course. Um, so, yeah. I I loved Andrews when he was here. But anyway, uh, 5.38, they predict how each game's going to go. And we have this one being a Crystal Palace is a 44% chance to win. Newcastle has a 28% chance to win and a 28% chance to draw. Elijah, what you got? I'm going to go 2-1 win Newcastle here. Um, honestly, I might even change it to 2-0 win Newcastle here. Um, as bad as Newcastle has been in defense, they've come up against some of the best attacks in the world. And three out of the last four goals we've seen against some of these, not I wouldn't say best attacks in the world, but elite attacks in the Premier League, I would put Southampton as being a very potent attack. I, I mean – they're top five in the prem. Um, but again, those goals came from mistakes. Uh, and so I'm having faith that Newcastle go up against a team that doesn't necessarily love to press. They're probably not going to make those same mistakes again. Uh, the Frederico Fernandez obviously owned goal. That's a, that was an issue in itself. But a lot of Chelsea's chances came because Newcastle, uh, once they got pressed, they made mistakes. So I, I just don't envision that happening that much against Crystal Palace. Uh, nothing against them. I really want uh, – I wouldn't say I want Newcastle to lose. I would say, like, I would like Steve Bruce to be exposed more and more so that he could get eventually get fired. Um, but, ironic, like, ultimately, this is kind of a match where Newcastle's somewhat set up to win. Uh, defenders don't really have a lot of pressure on them, um, and they are not going up against a defense that's particularly great by any means. So our attackers, in theory, should thrive. So I'm going to go 2-0. And you know, I'm going to name my goal scorers. I'll go. Uh, gosh, I hate this, but it's going to be Shelby and Almiron. Oh. Yeah, I hate it because I I feel like this is going to be a game where John Joe Shelby is absolutely garbage and then scores like in the second half off a free kick, and you're like, dang it. Uh, the last time that we beat Crystal Palace at Selhurst was in 2014. Uh, we won three to two in the League Cup. Emmanuel Riviere with two goals. Paul Dummett with the other. Uh, we won an extra time. Riviere with the second and extra time. Um, since then, we drew one one, lost five one, drew one one, drew zero zero, and lost one nothing last year. So uh, I am not as optimistic as Elijah, but um, optimistic enough that I think we're going to get a point here. Uh, I see a one one draw. I'm going to name a goal scorer too, and my goal scorer is going to be 
Andy Carroll. Okay. <laughs> it's his first goal. I mean, I feel like that's a shot in the dark. So um, yeah, I would, I would, I think like there's a better chance Jacob Murphy scores than Andy Carroll. There might be a better Which, chance that Carl Darlow scores than before Andy Carroll, but I'm still sticking. Yeah, with because Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll might not play. That, that's <laughs> yeah. probably the big. There's a better chance that Martin Dubrovka will score before Andy Carroll. Oh, like while we're while we're on Andy Carroll, I just want to say, and I don't think I said this the last time, but I I've definitely tweeted this. Commentators are in love with the idea of Andy Carroll, but like definitely just like have not seen him play the past two three seasons because every time he comes on in, every commentator's like, "Oh, and here comes Big Andy." You know what they should do? Just try to you know get the ball to him, get it get it to him. He's a threat in the air, and it's like. Have you watched the last three? Like he hasn't scored like at all. Like it, like he's not the threat that you're making him out to be. So um, I don't know. That was just a random thought. And you mentioned Andy Carroll, so I had to share. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take another break because that's what we do here, and we're gonna get into BS meter after that. Yeah, let's do cool. it. All right, we're gonna take a break. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. BS meter time. Elijah, what you got for me? Let's do it. Yeah, uh, a lot of interesting uh, links. It's getting into the silly season. Um, We already knew that Newcastle were going to be active in the loan market. They didn't use any of their loan slots, uh, international or uh, premier or i guess domestic so um i think we we alluded to this when we did our like kind of i wouldn't say season preview but the last couple of uh emergency pods that newcastle were saving those those domestic loans for positions of need um ideally probably like a central midfielder and potentially a center back given the fact florey lejeune had left and that's what we've got here for the BS meter. So first up, we've got social midfielder Harry Winks, who Newcastle work sort of linked to in the summer. Um, and like in terms of a loan deal, but nothing kind of ever came to fruition. Um, that is back on the cards as Harry Winks has not really played much for Tottenham uh, this season. Um, I would say Harry Winks is a solid midfielder. I don't know if I, if I think Harry Winks might be slightly better than the long staffs, but I don't know if he offers a ton in the midfield. I don't know your thoughts on Harry Winks. Um, I think he started off hot, but recently, past season and a half, has not been the same Harry Winks that we saw when he first came onto the scene. Yeah, it's, it would be interesting if we brought him in because what we would what would we do with our midfield? Like, who would would he be paired with? Hayden? Uh, would because yeah. like I don't think we'd be pair him with with Shelby. Does Shelby just oh, not God, play then no. anymore? You know, like, and then long staffs, like you have to, at this point, if you get, bring Harry Winks in, you're probably looking for like a six month loan for Maddie at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that this would be, this would definitely cause some interest. I, I do see, oh, I actually see a world where this could happen. My only, the only thing where I have a little BS. Like, so it's not BS. It's the fact like this could actually happen, but I just feel like if like, the teams that need a midfielder like him, like uh, like a Crystal Palace or Everton, uh, like I think he would probably just prefer to go there. One, Crystal Palace, because it's like not far from where he is now. He's living in London. 
Um, so that's an easy one. I don't think he would play much at Everton, though. They've got a really solid midfield. It, there yeah. would need to be injuries for him to play. You think? Yes. They love Englishmen in England, though. Okay, but their entire midfield right now in Everton is is not English, actually. Their four best well, see, midfielders are all even not more English. Likely, more likely. Yeah, except for their four best midfielders like are would all be instantly the best midfielders at Newcastle United. Yeah. So, and I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I don't know if Harry Winks is a guy who, like, when Newcastle need is a guy who, who. I mean, actually, I can see him play because he, I think he's better at what Sean Longstaff tries to do and sort of like not relying too much on the long ball and trying to carry the ball forward himself and play the correct outlet pass. I think Sean Longstaff, that's kind of the style he wants to play. John Shelby, we already know what we're going to get with Shelby. Um, yeah. so. I think that he would probably end up taking like a Sean Longstaff role. Um, if anything, it would force Sean Longstaff to improve. Um, but again, it's really hard to tell what any player that's being brought in, especially in any outfield player being brought in, what they're going to do because like, it's hard to figure out what Steve Bruce wants to do with the current players. Um, like, I don't really know, like, like the formations he plays, Matty Longstaff and Sean Longstaff in and, and George Shelby and it, like it's not conducive. It's not really good for it doesn't fit any of their play styles. And I'm not really sure what Newcastle's play style is, is going to be. So it's really hard to to make a determination on how good or bad Harry Winks would be at Newcastle when I can't even tell how good or bad Sean Longstaff, Maddie Longstaff, or John Joe Shelby should be at Newcastle right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- this gets into a whole that we can really expand on this uh but yeah i'm just saying that everton midfield i just want to read out some of the names on there alan <laughs> he's not starting over him i guess Gabaman, he's injured right now tom davies isn't even get tom davies we were like to as well he's not even getting a shot in there and he's of course english um sigurdsson fabian delph is probably ahead of tom davies in the depth depth chart right now and bernard James Rodriguez, and of course, Allen and Decore and Andre Gomez. So there's a lot of solid midfielders out there. I guess Bernard's really more of a wide player. Um, mm-hmm. But Andre Gomez, Ducare, Allen, Sigurdsson, Fabian Delph, already all probably better choices than Harry Winks at the moment. Yeah. And of course, James Rodriguez, who they play as like a cam in the three-man midfield. Yeah. What we got next? Uh, next, another loan deal uh, for Tamori, Fayuke Tamori. I think that's how you say his name. I've, I've don't really have it up in front of me, um, but Tamori is a, a player who Newcastle fans should know. Well, he actually appeared against Newcastle last season uh, when we played Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea had a ton of injuries at center back that kind of forced him to play. Uh, he played a, a bulk of matches for them was solid. Wednesday. He was great. Definitely some room for improvement. Um, if you talk to any of my friends in the Chelsea Mafia who have been following their center back situation, um, he's definitely like a player who they're excited about, but still needs some some work. Um, would be a decent depth piece for Newcastle. Another loan deal um, they would try to bring in. He's kind of been pushed out of the the picture with Thiago Silva coming in. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I have on Tomori. I feel like uh, you want to say how 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 um realistic this is um so 
I mean, we've done loans with Chelsea players before, so I'm going to say this is this has legs. It has legs. I, I would say it has legs. Yeah, um, I think we could certainly. I think I think Newcastle could be a, an attractive position for him because one, we defend all the time, so he's going to get a lot of action. <laughs> and um, two, I bet I bet he'd love Newcastle. Um, like. We, we do have a good, uh, like a bunch of good, uh, just some good dudes. And Tamori would be another one to add to it. And I think it'd just be fun to have him in the lineup. And he's like, you know, he's like a LaSalle sized, like young, just tons of potential center back. And, you know, he'll get to play the ball a ton. He'll get to like, and he could literally be a hero if he wants yeah, he 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 does kind of give me LaSalle's vibes in terms of like he's young, definitely has a little bit of that leadership trait. Also, um, in the same vein as LaSalle, sometimes struggles with playing the ball at his feet. So I it would actually be another LaSalle's in the lineup, much better defender than he has kind of contributed to the attack. But in Newcastle, you don't really need to contribute to the attack as a center back. Like just pushing the ball forward. Yeah, last, last year you needed you had to, but this year it's more like just ping the ball forward and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the final player, which is the most interesting one, probably the most interesting player on this list. Uh, Bulaye Dia, who um, who recently kind of made headlines because his boy uh, Sadio Mane uh, made some made made a bold prediction that he would not that Dia would not be playing at uh, Stade Rene. Uh, next season, he played for the Senegalese national team, uh, made his debut this season for the Senegalese national team. Definitely a player who's gotten hot this season, a la Luka Jovic two years ago, a la Her- uh, Holland last season. Um, players who, like, are – they're getting hot at the right time and probably going to end up making a move to a bigger club. Um, like I said, currently at Stade Rems. Um, and I actually think I said Stade Rene, but he said Stade Rems. Um play center forward and right wing uh this season eight goals and nine appearances you can't really argue with that starts 70 percent of the time um and plays a ton and is responsible for half of his team's goals this season in terms of uh goals yeah he has no assists so just in terms of goals so uh shout out <laughs> yeah. to him yeah so he's a type of player that can also he's very good at getting in behind the de- defense He's not like a like when you put him out on the ring. He's not a cut in guy like St. Maximin. He's gonna like he's going to get behind. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna cause extra havoc from just the runs that he makes. Uh, this would be a, a like I think it would be a that's a no brainer signing if we can make it happen. Like it'd be a, yeah, I, I would have, agree. It, yeah, you, you got to do it if you can make it happen. Yeah, it, I think it, the price it, is like thirteen mil. I think I saw. Yeah. His transfer mark value is about around seven million pounds, so thirteen yeah. mil seems about accurate. It, it's definitely a player where if you're if you're spending a thirteen mil, it's like it's almost I wouldn't say in the Muto range. Muto was nine mil, uh, and so it's like it's in that sort of range where it's like it's not Joe Linton where you have all these heavy expectations, but you're not going to be upset if this guy starts producing mm-hmm. and kind of start him off on the bench, maybe competing with Dwight Gale for backup center forward spots. And again, like with Newcastle, you can never have too many dynamic players you can bring off the bench. Whether right now it's our dynamic players off the bench are Ryan Fraser and Andy Carroll, 
And um, I'm sorry, but that's not that's not great. That's not good. Um, and I guess at times we get wrong. Um, but that's a whole other conversation altogether. So I think this is a good move. If Newcastle can get the deal done, and right now there's not a ton of interest in this guy. There's a little bit of there's a there's like one or two other teams interested. If they can get the deal done, this makes perfect sense. Like go ahead and get it done. Um, especially when it's like you can move on from players that may be a bit older, like a Dwight Gale or a Matt Ritchie. And you can honestly almost fund this this purchase entirely by selling Matt Ritchie or Dwight Gale uh, the following summer to a summer to a championship club. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would, I would just, I'm, I stand for this. Let's get Bully Idea to Newcastle. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's call him up. Why not? Yeah, get it, get it, get it done. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any others on the BS? Uh, No, not right now. I'm sure that as, as I mean, I'm actually quite positive as we get in the next couple weeks, there'll be plenty more to talk about. especially as some of Newcastle's needs uh, start to be addressed. But I do think, uh, Greg, I think and you can kind of hold this up. Like I wouldn't say comment on this, not hold this up, comment on this. In terms of players that Newcastle will definitely try to bring in, player types, I'm assuming the, 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 the priority is probably – it looks like it's going to be center back and probably central midfielder, which center back is ironic because Newcastle have had such a deep like selection of center backs over the past couple seasons. But it seems like with just how injuries are going, Paul Dummett not being able to really get healthy, um, and you've already loaned out for in Lejeune, it seems like center back is going to be a decent priority for January. And it seems like central midfield has been on the list for Steve Bruce for a while. So I think that's that's definitely going to be on the list. Um do you have? Do you think there's going to be another position group that could kind of surprise Newcastle uh, in terms of like, su- sorry, not surprise, but surprise in terms of like, oh yes, Newcastle are going to sign this player on loan at this position. Uh yeah. The only thing I'm re- the, the only thing that's really popping up to me is le- left back. Um, yeah. And Jetro Willems has made yeah. it clear that he'd love to come back to Newcastle. So, and he'd probably be let go for fairly cheap because we've been yeah. saying like he's not really playing at Frankfurt. I don't know if it's really due to his ability because we've seen him. Like, that's the thing we've seen him play. Like he's good. He's good enough for the Prem. I yeah. honestly think there's a little bit of a bias at Frankfurt. The guy who's starting over him is like a German legend. So, it's not much you can do there. Uh uh uh. Um, odds and ends. Yeah, let's let's hit it up. Odds and ends. Jacob Murphy. Yeah. Apparently, we he might be getting an extension. Yeah, that that's been kind of pointed out. Uh, Football Insider, I think, is the first people to kind of have this. Mm-hmm. Again, wouldn't trust the source, um, but I think that the fact where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm sure that like it's not a it's not a huge surprise. I mean, he came out the gates this season, uh, entering kind of a, a a crucial period for his own sort of contract. Um, playing really well for Newcastle, played well in cup matches, has played well in the Prem um, in a season that's been pretty subpar and annoying and bleh. He's been a lone bright spot. So him potentially getting a new contract is not a surprise at all. I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it's going to happen by January. And I'm sure more people will be reporting on this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see what we do. I think it's a no brainer. You got to, you got to do that if you can. Uh, the next thing is some old manager news. Uh, are, did we dodge a bullet by not having BCG take over Newcastle? Man, because... it is. Yeah, 
That's weird. Yeah, they um, they uh, so they took over Darby in case you just came out underneath the rock, and Darby just hired Steve McLaren as their manager. Yeah, yes. I mean, well, not as their manager. He's their football director. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, let me let's verify. I'm pretty sure he's their, he's their right. director. Um, because yeah, technical director. Yeah, there. Darby's in a weird spot right now uh, with the whole Wayne Rooney stuff as well. Um, I don't know how hip you are to that, Greg, but Wayne Rooney essentially yeah. is like he's a player manager at Darby which again, I thought only happened in FIFA, but apparently that actually does happen in real life. And obviously I'm, I'm kidding. It happens with lower league size all the time. Um, but he wants to kind of step into a full-time managerial role and be the head manager at Derby. And it seems like right now, of course, the club's in a bit of limbo with takeover and things like that. Um, I honestly, Greg, I, I, at first I was like, yeah, ha ha ha, Steve McLaren. But when you think about it and you actually examine it, Steve McLaren, the manager, is not great. We know this. But Steve McLaren, maybe the football director, the technical director, whatever you want to call it, in the championship, maybe not so bad because you have he has the relationships with a lot of clubs in England. He has the ability to go out and hire different scouts and stuff. It's like in terms of you're looking at relationships and that kind of stuff, I don't think Steve McLaren's that bad of a shout. Do you want someone a bit more ambitious to get you to the prem? Maybe. But it's a safe hire in terms of like a a technical director, like where it's like, oh, this is the so, guy who's going to be going out and doing recruitment. Yeah, sure, why not? He knows the British football scene. We know this. So, it, would Steve Bruce be a good technical director in the championship? I think Steve Bruce would be an excellent to technical director. Yes, in the sense that like you you operate under the sense like you're having someone else feed him the players to sign like you're not telling Steve Bruce to sign the players um and to be fair i don't i don't know how much like mclaren really like how much input he had into some of the players that were signed um if he really did it's like i mean genie wynaldum was not a bad signing uh, andros townsend not a bad signing like he the talent was there if he was heavily involved in in figuring out these are the players we need to sign and sure whatever um but yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't hate the move as much as I did when I first heard it because I'm like, if you think about it, like, yeah, you want someone who's been around British football a while um, to kind of be in charge of the day-to-day tasks, you know, in your club. And we don't really know the structure of Darby. Like, they may have some analytics nerds running everything and Steve McLaren's just a relationship guy, which is perfect. That's like the Bradford model. Yeah. The other manager news is Bulgarian side. Cheka Sofia has installed Alan Pardue as their new technical director. What? Is this is, is Alan Pardue, Pardue like who, Bulgarian? No, uh, it's weird because as you remember, um, Alan Pardue was in. Uh, was that the? That was that was a Dutch league, right? Uh, that he was in, and I forget what was the team he was he was managing. Oh, Den Haag. Den Haag. Yeah, yeah. And his only goal, like they were like, "Hey, like it's a short contract. All we need you to do is not get relegated." And they were like in last place. And literally, the only reason they didn't get relegated was because like 
the Eredivisie decided they weren't going to do relegation that year, and he eventually left the position by mutual yeah. consent. Uh, so it's like it's not like Alan Pardew's done anything to prove that he's a good manager uh, as of recently. But um, right now, it's saying that he's the technical director of Siska Sofia. So, I mean, maybe he's also managing. I think I'm not sure. No, he's not. He will okay. work alongside the manager, but he is going to be the technical director. Okay, well, that's so I'm that's sure who I'm saying playmaking and stuff. But so, but it's weird though because, like, like you said, it's like it's an interesting move for a manager who like his ties are fairly British. Like, I don't know if you could say Alan Pardew is the best at evaluating and finding talent. Like she's, he's he's had some hits, but he's had a lot of misses too. So it's uh it's, it's a weird one. Um, It's very, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, that's a lot. That's a lot to process, but I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, congrats to, to them. Uh, also, Chris Hutton, he's now the manager for Nottingham Forest, and Sam Allardyce is out there waiting for the Newcastle job to open. Um, other news is Rafa Benitez, Elijah Go. Yeah, Rafa Benitez, uh, of course, has kind of recently made a return to the British media. Um, as we've kind of previously discussed, he's, I'm pretty sure, and I, I'm I'm bad. I should have fact checked this, but I'm like sixty five percent sure his contract with uh, Dion Lee Fong is is running out at the end of this current Chinese season, which is of course a little bit different than the the British season. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he's kind of been doing a lot in terms of like his like kind of getting back into the British scene. It's very clear that he wants to return to Premier League. I personally think Ralph Benitez, this is Elijah Newsom speaking. Don't, don't, I mean, you can credit me if you, if this happens, I personally think that he's literally gearing himself up for a potential takeover and him being the manager or um, him coming in and rescuing Newcastle from relegation battle. See Bruce is fired. Um, but again, he's kind of made his, his foray into the British world by posting pictures of his dogs, very random posts. He just said like, Hey, here are my dogs. And uh, he's been responding to Newcastle fans. He's been responding to Newcastle fans comments. Like he's been doing the whole shebang, definitely getting himself back in the good graces of Newcastle fans. Not like he wasn't already in the good graces of Newcastle fans, but I don't know. It's something to take a, take a look at. I, I feel this feels very calculated from him. Um, Cause he did that interview basically kind of alluding to the fact he wants to return to Premier League. What mm-hmm. job is likely going to be available in Premier League? It's Newcastle. He's talked about how much he loved being at Newcastle. And if things were different, he would have stayed. Like, it just seems like he's he's gearing up to try to put himself in the running to return to Newcastle in some sort of capacity. And yeah. you know what? I won't be mad about it. I would love to see what Rafa does when he has attacking players. If he feels like, all right, we're solid enough to defense. Like, can we do something in attack? I, I'd love to see that. Yeah, 100%. I'd be down for it. Uh, some other news, Newcastle United women, they are returning to action. They're back. Um, and their next match will be Sunday, December 13th. And they're going to take on Barnsley women's football club in the FA cup, the vitality women's FA cup. Uh, there'll be more news about that coming soon. So cheer them on. Yeah. Um, 
U twenty threes they lost to Norwich two nothing. U eighteen so got their first win of the season. They smashed Blackburn U eighteen five nothing. A brace from top twenty prospect Joe White and a brace from top twenty prospect Dylan Stevenson uh, were among the the goal scorers. Uh, so good win for them. Yeah. Got anything else, Elijah? No. Yeah, it's kind of a short one, y'all. Next time, though, we have to do a full Newcastle United midfield discussion. Ah, okay. Uh, but yeah. Also, ironically, this was longer than our Chelsea review, but yes, it was a short one for a weekly episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that that's going to conclude then episode one fifty six of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn calls in the land. Elijah Newsom, and this is the best song in the world, and it was named specific, named and written specifically for this podcast. Uh, it's called Coming Home to Newcastle. And then uh, let's get three points on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans out there. And away the last. Love you guys. If you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting her way. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog at St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming